What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I'm joined here today by Kyle Soppy. You can be found on Twitter at KyleSoppyPFN. Noah Derek Tate here today for the DFS Podcast, as he is feeling a bit under the weather, probably with something that his kids gave him. I was out last week with something that my kids gave me. Uh, Soppy, is this just a, you know, you're like seeing this happen. You're like, man, I just can't wait to have kids. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, it, the thing of it here is that people at PFN, because we're a remote company, you can get sick and I can still go to work and work with you. Like, it, there's no contagious situation going on here. My wife's a teacher, so she sees a million kids a day, comes home. I'm, you know, prone to that kind of thing, but Derek's sick. Kyle's not feeling good, but this Kyle can be just fine because he works with these people across the computer and I'm not going to catch anything from you that way. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's get into some DFS talk here for week three as we look to build out those ultimate lineups here. Let's start it off here in the morning. I love me a good stack. I love me a good stack of pancakes. Let's get to a stack here that we are looking to build out our lineups with. Who is a stack that you're looking at here this week as you build out DFS lineups? Yeah, I'm kind of going with a, a kind of a crazy stack of pancakes here. Like we're going to throw some fruit on there. Maybe you get a confetti pancake ooh, in there. We're going right. to yeah, we're going to get a little spicy. We're not going Patrick Mahomes. We're not going with the chalk kind of options give me the new orleans saints in a triple stack situation so we're going three guys attacking this packers defense that can be a little bit vulnerable down the field and that's what the saints want to do Derek carr may not stretch the field a ton but when he does it's a pretty pretty deep ball i like it and chris alave with rashid shaheed people are slow on this rashid the shaheed thing the name's fun to say but he's not quite as productive as puka nakua like it's he's a poor man's puka nakua he's got the a little less production a little less name value a little less fun to say but he's still there 40 yard catch in five of his last seven games and chris alave fourth in air yards per game since entering the league like i said Derek carr with that deep ball this is a cheaper triple stack and i don't think you have to bring it back with anybody on green bay if the saints run away with this game which isn't something that most people are thinking with green bay favored i think you get some leverage on the field and you can pile up these points in bunches because they do it on so few targets so efficient of an of a situation of a skill set here because Shahid could get a hundred yard bonus on like four catches. So give me Carr, Alave, and Shahid to start a nice little GPP lineup here. Any concern there with the matchup up against Green Bay? Obviously, this defense, you know, inflated numbers because they went up against the Chicago Bears in week one. But any concern here? This defense has looked pretty good, at least on paper. They've looked okay, but I think they're still vulnerable over the top. And you're talking about a Saints offense, likely without most of their running backs in this game, the way it lines up here. Does that mean we get some weird Taysom, Taysom Hill snaps? Like maybe, but no, I'm not too worried. And if Jordan loves keep, keep scoring on 21% of his completions, then the Saints are going to have to keep scoring. And I would love for that to happen. I'm a Packers fan. I would love to be wrong here or at least see this game shoot out to some degree. But the Saints for me offer upside that I don't think many people are willing to explore. All right. As we look at that stack, then let's look at a running back that we can add to complement it. Who is a running back that you're looking at here this week? Yeah, I've been betting on the Jags for the majority of the summer and really my time here at PFN, and that's not going to stop here. Travis Etienne, you're looking at a matchup against the Houston Texans as a heavy favorite, which is where we like to get our running backs. The Texans have allowed three rushing touchdowns in each of the first two weeks. Who's going to run for him in Jacksonville? Tank Bigsby, I get that he's a thing, and Trevor Lawrence had the designed run inside the five last week, but I'm not sweating it. Travis Etienne looks like the dude. 18 and a half touches per game this season after getting his hands on the rock just 15 times per game last season. They're clearly willing to use him. They're willing to expand his role to see maybe not complete workhorse role, but he is moving into that featured 
running back tier where I can trust that he's getting 15 plus touches a week in a great spot. And I think he looks more like week one version of ETN than the week two version. Week one, 23 touches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. We get there this week. The versatility is a pass catcher and a running back. Maybe a 100-yard bonus is in there. To me, ETN, a nice compliment to the Saints stack. A little bit of a down week, like you mentioned last week. Only 15 total or 15 total opportunities in a weekly fantasy standpoint. RB2, uh, 42 finish in standard scoring format, so people might not be looking his way just based on what happened last week. Definitely in a prime spot to bounce back. Player prop players, listen up. The NFL is back in Superdraft. Has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. Imagine this. Justin Jefferson's current receiving yards line is just 0.5 yards. If he catches just one pass against the Chargers, you are a winner. But wait, there is more. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry. Claim your free play and bonus today. Let's move into some of the quarterbacks that are in the player pool here for week three. I will throw it to you. Yeah, I mean, you know I like Derek Carr, but if we're going to pay up a little bit, I think Justin Herbert is in a good spot against a Vikings team that really doesn't defend the pass. Well, they really don't defend anything all that well. And I'm encouraged by where these targets were going last week. Without Austin Eckler on the field, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams saw almost 60% of the targets. He's getting his elite guys involved. What more could you possibly ask for? We saw Josh Kelly struggle. If the run game struggles again, the Vikings we know can score. We're talking about a game that's projected to score in the mid-50s. If they're going to get there, it's not going to be because Josh Kelly goes for 200 yards in a Derrick Henry kind of game. It's going to be because Justin Herbert is finding his guy. So he's very stackable. We know where these passes are going. I still like Mike Williams. There's a little bit of a, I don't want to say under the radar because people know who he is, but given the value and the production of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams can come on a little under-owned. And six of their first eight drop or plays were dropbacks last week. They want to throw the rock. They're going to throw the rock. Justin Herbert, good bet to hit the 300-yard bonus. 26.5 team implied point total there for the Los yeah. Angeles Chargers this week up against the Minnesota Vikings. And like you mentioned, if Austin Eckler does not play here, we're looking at uh, Justin Herbert having a big performance here in this one. Who else in the quarterback pool are you looking at? I'm going to go with a pair of versatile options here. Deshaun Watson and Justin Fields, both struggling with narrative when it comes to the public perception. Nobody wants to touch Fields. All those clips where there's all these open receivers and he's throwing the ball in the back of his lineman or running. And then Deshaun Watson, we all saw him on primetime struggle in a big way. He's fourth this season in air yards. Like, that's a good number. That means he's taking chances. That's what you want to see. He's 24th in passing yards. Like, that, those two things don't match up. Either one comes down or one goes up. Obviously, they probably meet somewhere in the middle, but you're playing against a pass funnel defense in the Titans. You don't have Nick Chubb. I think a lot of people are going to be on Jerome Ford after what we saw him do. So that opens up some uniqueness in going to that passing game. And then for Fields, it's just kind of hope. Like the Chiefs are going to be running him around all day. And you know what Justin Fields still does well? He runs around at a high level and he does it well. Over five and a half fantasy points with his legs in 11 of the last 12 games. And he's over seven yards per pass attempt in three of his last four games with at least 10 carries. So if you're telling me he gets these carries, gets high, I mean, Justin Fields' carries are worth quite a bit in fantasy. And if that opens up the pass game even a little, they're going to be playing from behind all day. It's going to be a low ownership play. It comes with risk, and I'm not playing a receiver with him. But if you wanted to go Justin Fields and none of his pass catchers, I'm willing to listen. 
It'll be really interesting to monitor with Justin Fields here. We saw last year that they went weeks one and week two. They tried to make Justin Fields something that he wasn't, right? They tried to force him into this mm -hmm. passing quarterback, this short game. And then we started to see in week three that they opened up the offense, that they allowed him to utilize his legs, get him comfortable. And that's sort of what we saw, the progression of this offense and how it became actually a high-powered unit. Now, the defense wasn't able to support them last year. Do we see that with so much scrutiny, so much going on at Hallis Hall here this week that we start to see them open things up and change oh, yeah. things here in this offense? That could be how Justin Fields is a very, very valuable DFS asset here this week. Let's turn it over to the wide receivers. Who is in your wide receiver player pool here for week three? Yeah, I mentioned Mike Williams with my uh, Justin Herbert analysis, and I'm sticking with that. I think if you wanted to stack those guys again, you'd be just fine. It didn't pay off in a big way last week. He did see the 13 targets, though, and that's what I'm willing to bank on here. Over the last two years, entering this season, 1.6 fantasy points per target. So normally, those targets are gold. It didn't really work out that way, but you trust the process. Again, in a very favorable spot. Mike Williams, I think a fine option toward the middle half, middle top half of the DFS board. If you're paying down a little bit, KJ Osborne and Jahan Dotson, two guys that will be making my player pool this week. Of course, they're not going to break the slate for you. I get it. But in Minnesota, we're talking the other side of that Chargers-Vikings game. So they're going to need to score. If you are if you want to do a quarterback, wide receiver, and then bring back, if you're stacking Herbert, Mike Williams, and you want to bring it back because you think the game's going to get up and get going and you don't want to be Justin Jefferson chalk, KJ Osborne, only three receivers in Minnesota. Have you even run a route this season? He's going to be on the field plenty. And what more can he ask for at this price tag? If he's on the field for an offense that we think could flirt with 30 points at this price, kind of crazy not to have at least a little tiny share of KJ Osborne. And then Jahan Dotson, I was huge on him last week. I airballed. It happens. It happens. This is the NFL. Things happen. He was targeted heavily early in the game. Then they just decided to go elsewhere. Terry McLaurin catches a long touchdown, yada, yada, yada. Terry McLaurin, he's going to get stuck on Tredavious White again. That could result in a downgrade, and I'm still trusting the process as far as what Dotson offers on a per-target basis. We saw the seven targets in week one. We saw the elite playmaking in year one. He puts those two together. He's paying this price tag off and doing it easily. If he gets back towards seven targets in this matchup, I think he pays off and pays off in a big way, making him a nice buy-low pay down option at the receiver position in week three. I love the KJ Osborne call there. Six targets in each of the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. There, Like you mentioned, he's on the field. And if we do expect this game to be as high scoring as Vegas is predicting it to be, get pieces, get pieces of the this matchup here and get them into your lineups. I love the call there. Let's keep it moving. Let's go over to the running back position, who are some players that are worth mentioning here for your player pool. Yeah, I think me and you were, uh, we got plenty wrong. Don't get me wrong. We get all sorts of calls wrong but we said in like july that tony pollard should be a first round pick when he was going in the late second round in redraft leagues he's now paying that off my man is getting every touch inside the five he's on an offense that wants to run the ball not throw it which is why i'm fading Dak all over the place they're a 12 point favorite and he's got 66 percent of the running back opportunities in an offense that we think is just going to pound the ball down arizona's throat i i don't know what more you could ask for he's priced toward the top of the board Next to some names that, you know, fantasy manager is a little more comfortable with. Christian McCaffrey, guys like that. Th not McCaffrey this week, but he's priced up there next to names that you don't necessarily associate with him or the common person won't. He deserves to be there. Could be a top, could be the number one overall running back in fantasy this week. And you're not having to pay that price tag. After that, I've got Alexander Madison. And I put the show note together prior to Cam Akers getting traded. And I kind of like it even more now. 
the price obviously isn't going to change with acres coming to town and i don't think the production will either kyle, kyle how tall are you roughly 511 okay so you're 511 if you stood on the line of scrimmage and fell forward like i just cut out your legs and you just fell forward you would average more yards per carry than cam Akers does right now you're telling me on a short week going to a new team with a new playbook against a guy that's been in the system for like five years you think cam Akers is really going to eat into alexander madison's workload this week long term is a different discussion but for week three with cam Akers just coming over i think he buys you ownership leverage here i don't think people are going to go to madison I, I don't know if they were going his direction in the first place but now that they trade for a running back behind him and a past happy offense madison against a chargers defense that we know gives up running production and he's going to be the featured guy he had 81 percent of running back opportunities through two weeks this season i don't think that number really changes and if it doesn't he could win somebody a million dollars with the upside that he has in this offense and then javante williams my last guy here going against the dolphins this is strictly a talent and situation play. I think he's talented. I don't think that's really a hot take. And Samaje Piran only one carry last week. This is beginning to be his backfield. And if that's the case, then our worries about his ACL health are gone for now. Right. And what's the one way you defend the Dolphins? You keep them off the field because nobody can stop them. So that's the running game. That's Javante Williams in a big way. We saw Kellen Moore. His offense ran the ball 40 times against the Dolphins. Nobody wants to pass because that just means you're putting this offense back on the field. So give me Javante Williams as a nice play. He might be a little bit more popular. Alexander Madison is a play that I really don't think many people are getting on. Uh, Tony Pollard, 33 total opportunities in week two. Yeah. Ridiculous volume here for a player that we, for years, were like, ah, he's a little bit smaller. He might not get that opportunity. Dallas is like, no, nah, we're giving him 33 total opportunities. And uh, in a game up against Arizona, I don't see that changing. I love the Alexander Madison call, though, because I think that so many people are completely scared off of cam Akers now coming into town my gut reaction and i wrote an article over on pfn fantasy about this was i think that this is more of an indication or uh uh it's slight against ty chandler is the rb2 sure they needed depth they needed an option that they could turn to and rotate cam Akers will rotate into this backfield as the season moves along alexander madison two incredibly tough matchups to start out the year yeah. a cakewalk of a matchup here in week three Plus, you get the high-scoring upside. I think that this is a, a, a great call there, Alexander Madison, for the running back player pool in Week 3. Let's go over to tight end. Who is a tight end that is in your player pool? And I hate the tight end position. We had this talk on the normal, on the regular normal. season fantasy. Yeah, the normal podcast. The one we do five days a week. Uh, and I just don't like the tight end position. So if you can get creative in doing it this way, you can, go with, you can go with the top of the board if you want. That's not normally my style. I'm going Evan Ingram against the Texans. Again, targeting an offense that we expect to score in bunches. I'm not necessarily putting him and Travis Etienne in the same lineup. So if you've got to pick a Jag, go one way or the other. But I do think Ingram is worth your while, especially on DraftKings where it's a full point PPR. He's got five catches in both games. He saw eight targets last week with Zay Jones dinged up, still dinged up. Trevor Lawrence, a guy I trust, Evan Ingram is going to be involved in this offense regardless of who's out there receiver-wise. And the Texans have allowed 56 points through two weeks. This is cheap exposure to an offense I trust. Speaking of cheap exposure to an offense I trust, I mentioned it earlier. This could be Taysom Hill week. Like, I'm not going to get over my skis and own him in every single lineup because that's just crazy. He, he very easily could go one carry for no yards and no targets and no passes. That could happen. But we saw his usage tick up last week. Jamal Williams is likely sitting this week. I don't trust this running game. So if you're putting him against a Packers defense, you like a little bit more than I do. But at this price, if Taysom Hill's on the field for 
25 snaps and a few of them are under center where he's throwing passes and now he gets a few targets and it's five to eight rush attempts. It's not going to take much to pay off this salary at this position. You could risk it. And even if he fails, it's not the end of the world because it's your tight end position. Every like half the field is going to fail at the position. So I think Taysom Hill, if you want to gamble on the upside that this could be a slate breaking type of week for him, I'm here for it. All right, let's move on to DST here. Some of the Who are some of the DST options people should be looking at? Yeah, if you don't go with Justin Fields as your pump play quarterback, I think going on the other side is just fine. Chandler Jones and the boys for the Chiefs will be putting pressure on Fields, which will probably result... like If you told me Justin Fields would have two SportsCenter top 10 plays this week, I'd listen to you. But he's probably going to run into five to seven sacks and probably two or three turnovers. To me, that's fantasy gold. I'm willing to swallow the big play given up on the defensive end in favor of those big plays because if Kansas City gets five sacks and they end up taking a fumble or a pick to the house, that's a slate-breaking type of defensive performance. They're priced way up there, but they are $500 cheaper than the Cowboys. The Cowboys are facing the Cardinals, who have James Conner. So maybe they can run the ball, bleed the clock a little bit, and limit the defensive upside. That's not me saying the Cowboys are a bad play, but if you want to get a little, little shifty at the top of the board, I think people either pay all the way up or they pay all the way down, which means the Chiefs aren't going to be too popular. And if you're going to pay down a little bit, what about the Commanders? What about the Commanders? Not a bad defense, and you're targeting Josh Allen. I get that he could light you up for 40, and that's the risk you take. But he's never seen a pass he doesn't like to throw. The Commanders could get in the way of a few of those. I do think Washington can control the clock a little bit here, which could put Josh Allen in a position to have to force the issue a little bit. Washington, multiple forced turnovers in both weeks, and they had seven sacks last week. They could get there in kind of a kind of a crafty way because I think the Bills are going to garner plenty of exposure. Everybody likes having Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis. They want those big play threats. If you pivot and go the other side, Commander's some interesting leverage at the DST position. All right, let's wrap the show up here. Give me your hot take for the week, my friend. I think it's Josh Kelly. I think Josh Kelly pays off value in a big way after being the chalk guy last week after Austin Eckler was ruled out and everybody auto-click. Lock him in. He's got to be good. He's going to be part of this offense. I don't care that it's a tough Titans run defense. He's going to get the carries in a valuable spot. I was just as guilty as anybody. I said the exact same thing on our podcast on Friday. By the way, check out the Friday podcast coming out tomorrow. We'll preview every game. Minnesota was just gashed by DeAndre Swift on Thursday Night Football. What makes us think that's going to change in a big way? And we've said it already a few times on this podcast. We're talking a 54 and a half point game total. Josh Kelly doesn't have to be that efficient. If this offense is going to be in the red zone five, six, seven times this week, you tell me he can't punch in one. He's going to get the volume of the work in this backfield on an offense that we think could score 30 and a defense that we don't think is going to stop anybody. So if you don't go with the passing game for the Chargers, slide in Josh Kelly, slide in this week's version of him, Alexander Madison. You get two cheaper running backs in the same game in a game where everybody's going to be on both passing games. To me, it's an interesting way to, to kind of go about your business there. I don't love doing running back versus running back because it kind of bleeds the clock and, you know, that's not perfect, but it's not going to be a popular build. Either one of them will be in all of my lineups. Both could be in a lineup as well. I will go for my hot take for the week here. Uh, I will stay in this game. This is a game that you want to target. I will go Alexander Madison scores two touchdowns here in Ooh, week three. I think one. that Not one. But two, I think that this is a bounce back situation here. He's got a little bit more motivation now that Cam Akers is behind him. I do think Alexander Madison has a really, really solid performance here. I'm capping 
Cam Akers, five touches, seven touches here in this one. Come, like you mentioned, a short week. I do think that this is still a Alexander Madison performance. All right, that'll do it here for the week three DFS podcast. Kyle Soppy, any words of wisdom or advice before we get out of here? No, I mean, just have fun, play within your bankroll, and follow some of our tips. Let us know on Twitter how this went for you, how the podcast sounded, how the advice works. If you're stacking the Saints and they go bananas, you're darn right I want to hear about it. If they struggle, I'll hear about it too. I'm I'm one to take these takes. I will put into play what I, what I preach here. So I will be sweating these with you. I want to do that on Twitter. Hit me up at Kyle Sapi PFN. We'll talk it out. We'll sweat it together. We'll, we'll make some money on Sunday. How about it? All right. Remember to go over to PFNFantasy.com where you can get a ton of written content here. Not only your DFS stuff that you need for the standalone island games, but also for the big slates on Sunday and Monday Night Football. You guys have everything that you need there to dominate these DFS lineups here. So make sure to go over to PFNFantasy.com. All right. That'll do it for Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.